Welcome to Modern Animism, a holistic spiritual path. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful almost fall day. Today I'm going to share how important it is to be in touch with your body, to be present, and to be aware of what you're saying and doing so that you can have a clue of what's lurking inside you so you can heal it. I'm going to help you see your shadow. It hides. Trust me. But before we dive in, let's not forget to give gratitude to the ancestors and elements. I want to thank the element of Earth for keeping us stable. We had that huge hurricane that hit a lot of people, so feeling the Earth right now feels really important to me. That sense of being balanced, grounded, and feeling our footing is essential to moving forward. So thank you, Earth, for giving us a way to get rooted again after big upheaval happens. Acknowledge and thank the element of air for the wind that clears things out and makes space for new things, for bringing us whispers from the other world and helping us to communicate with each other with words, song, art, dance, and dreams. Thank you. Acknowledge and thank the element of fire for the drive that helps us to begin again, keep going, and make that final push towards our destination. Life's not always easy, and we need that fire inside to purify and destroy sometimes. So thank you, fire. Acknowledge the element of water and stand in awe of your mighty power. We can think of water as weak, but softness can wear away stones. And if you put some wind with water, it can wipe out earth, fire, and life itself. So thank you, water, for the calm ways that you usually show up in our lives and for the reminder of your awesome power. Acknowledge and thank the loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, mineral kingdoms, and thank you all for the help that we receive that is seen and unseen. I thank our listening community for tuning in. I invite you to come on over to our private Facebook group to join the conversation there and send us your questions. We post our events over there um, where you can join the fun, so you definitely want to be there. If any of our shows inspire or help you, please consider contributing to keep us going. If you have some love to give, please also post a review of the podcast wherever you are listening. It helps our rating so that others can find us more easily. So thank you for that. Big shout out, too, to the volunteers at Staff Society. At the end of the year, we begin looking for new volunteers. So if you're interested in lending some time or expertise, please contact us and let us know how you can help. We would love to put you to work. All right, so the shadow. As most of you know, in my day job, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a spiritual coach. I know some people don't know what a social worker does, but they think we do food stamps. But um, actually, it's just a $5 title that means that uh, I do not know therapy, really. Um, specifically, I work with trauma survivors, so I'm always in contact with people who need healing. And at the beginning of this year, I made myself a priority because I've been working my little tissue off helping other people who were having a hard time because of COVID. And that hasn't let up. So my work has been ooh, at a nonstop pace. Um, but you can't serve from an empty well, so I wanted to get my own growth and healing in, too. And it's been a very interesting journey in that way. Uh, I absolutely love my job. I love working with people and seeing the light come on. Either because they get something, they shift, or they heal something. And I get to do that every day. And what I'm seeing in myself is that there's a lot of junk that we carry around. Even people who function pretty well day to day, that you know, we're just not aware of that stuff. So this is really a message for everybody, whether you're having a hard time or not having a hard time. 
that shadow stuff is what runs the show, so it pays to look at it. And here's some clues to where it's hiding. Do you know that memory that pops up from time to time? You don't really know why. It must be something really hurtful or embarrassing, or it might be. Uh, or it might just be something that seems mundane. It could be something like remembering how scared you were at your first sleepover and you didn't want anyone to know. Or maybe it's a mental picture of you not going off the dive board. You wanted to, but you couldn't just make yourself do it. Doesn't sound like a big deal, does it? You know, if it's just like that time that you almost died, of course, you know that that's something that bothers you. But there's a lot of these little things that don't really seem like a big deal, and we don't pay attention to them because they seem so small. These memories keep popping up because they're unresolved. So here's what happens. There's an event, and the event is value neutral, but we form a thought about it, and that thought creates an emotion. Those two things, the thought and the emotion, get stuck in our bodies and play over and over like a program. Let me show you what I mean. If I'm working and somebody knocks on my door, that's a value my thoughts are, no one's supposed to be here. I might feel scared. If I say, oh, it's my sister's surprise, I might feel happy. If I think someone must be lost, I might not register any emotion at all. So in this case, our thoughts are all made up. We could think one thing or another thing just as easily. It's not a representation of reality. And we do this all the time. Most of our programs are written when we're children. We spend our life uh, replaying those programs. So let's say that I'm three years old. I have a little playmate next door who is my whole world. Then that family moves and my tiny three-year-old mind thinks everyone disappears. How do you think that would impact the rest of my life? Well, I might avoid intimacy, not trust people, and feel very alone in the world, right? So it could be one of those things. It could be all of those things. Does it make sense? No, it's not logical, but it does if you're three. Now, how many of us remember things that far back? Some people do. I don't. I think most of us don't. And if you did, how many of us would just dismiss it because your adult self intellectually knows better? Probably most of us, right? But guess what? That three-year-old is inside driving a bus, and you don't have the slightest idea why he's clinging one moment and standoffish the next. It's because you don't see him. He's in shadow. But you can feel him, and you can see the results of the things that he does. <laughs> Your body knows he's there, and that's how we find these things and can heal him. But it's not just your three-year-old stuff that you have to worry about. Scientific American published an article that talks about a research project where mice were subjected to this chemical smell that smells like cherries and almonds. I don't know if it's cherries or almonds, cherries and almonds. Anyway, it's a smell. Um, while well, given the mice electric shocks. So naturally, the mice began to associate the smell with the shocks, so they would shudder when they smelled it, even if there weren't any shocks. That's Pavlov's dogs, right? So this reaction was um, passed on to their baby mice. And when those mice had babies, those babies also did this, even though they were never shocked. The babies that were fertilized in vitro from sperm of male mice who had been shocked also responded in this way. So there's lots of research to show that people react the same way. So my interpretation of this is that your parents, grandparents' experiences, and on and on and on and on, on through time, impact yours. 
And it's not just the big things like famine, rape, refugees, homelessness, natural disasters, and things that you can guess your people went through. Like say that I know that I have slave ancestors. Well, they had to go through the, the probably along the line somewhere they went through the um, Atlantic Passage, right? And they probably endured beatings and mistreatment and oppression. and all. So that's, that's what I mean, but you can guess. Even if you don't know their stories, you know, things, certain things happen at a certain time to certain groups of people. The Holocaust happened to Jews. There were other people involved, but it primarily happened to Jews in the 1930s and 40s. So that's what I mean. So um, it's all that big stuff, and it's all that little stuff, like, you're walking with your siblings and they walk too fast because they have longer legs and you feel left behind like nobody loves me. That's a program. It's a program that subtly operates in the shadows of your mind. And this is why every animus culture that I know has purging rituals. It's to get all that stuff out. You want to die clean so you don't have it in you to bring it back and you don't have it to pass down to anybody else. So when, when it's, it has to go somewhere because what happens in the physical stays in the physical. It has to be resolved in the physical. And if you pass on, you can't take it with you. And you can pick it back up when you come back in, which would be fair. I mean, it's yours, right? Or you can give it to someone else to, to deal with, which is what happens in intergenerational trauma. So look back to when you think your people last engage in purging. So how long ago was that? 150 years? 500 years? 2,000 years? And you have four lines. Your mother, your father, um, your mother's mother, your mother's father, father's father, and father's mother. So in all of those lines, even if you have one of them that's, that you think is clean, you got three more. <laughs> so how many generations is that? And how many people is that? So how much stuff do you think you're carrying? Nobody's out here squeaky clean. Let me tell you, I've never met anybody who says, oh, I'm good. Well, maybe you think you're good, but I can tell you. <laughs> There's stuff. Um, so how many of these recurring memories do you have that pop up at random times? Let's see. There's the one of being jumped after school. There's the one of being in the swimming pool. The one of the sixth grade dance. You know, you can just tick them off. Tick, tick, tick. How many? Probably a lot, right? And don't forget the sweet ones. One of the things that I've discovered about myself in doing this work this past year is that I'm either really way more polypositive than I knew or I really find my dark side really scary because and, and my, my brain disguises it as happy stuff to, so that it's palatable. Because my stuff comes up as happy memories, cartoons, and totally nonsensical stuff. And I'm not sharing this to make this all about me. I'm telling you this in case you're the same way. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't have any problems. Everybody has stuck stuff that's jamming up the works. And until you have no mask, no feelings about how things impact you, you're going to have stuff. That's, I don't know any human that can do that. So that's not a bad thing. It's just a human thing. So what I mean about positive stuff is let's say that I'm exploring the terrain for things to release and I decide I want to work on money, uh, so my relationship with money. And my body says that, that issue is in my shoulders. When I connect to that memory, I get a memory of a birthday party that was really happy. Got lots of presents that year. Lots of people came. It was a love fest. So what's bad about that? How could I have picked up a limited belief or a hurt when it was so good? Well, guess what, all you positive people out there? It may just have been uh, as you remembered it, but there was something that was hurtful. 
So let's say that as you were opening all your wonderful presents, one of your friends laughed at your My Little Pony because she thought you were too big for that. It was the one thing that you wanted more than anything, and now she's ruined it for you. And your thought is something like, people are going to laugh at And that's been playing in your head ever since, in the back of your mind. So that's really messed up, isn't it? You have all these happy memories, and yet there is a little bit of dynamite smoking at the birthday party. So again, your adult self can rationalize, oh, we were just kids, but that does nothing for the child inside of you who feels that way. And that's because you can't fix right brain stuff with left brain strategies. Emotions aren't rational. Now let me let you in on another secret. If you make stuff up, it doesn't matter either for the same reason. And here's what I mean. Let's say that I want to work on a block to love um, and my body says it's in my jaw. Okay, so my jaw is clenched. I don't get a memory, but I do see cartoons of the Wonder Pets tripping one another. <laughs> okay, go with that. Trust whatever comes up. Um, people sometimes will sit there and say nothing when I'm guiding them because they think that what shows up is nonsense. So no, that's your brain speaking to you in signs and symbols. Maybe, you know, it's not a real memory, obviously, if it's a wonder pet. It's not you. But maybe um, that memory would be too overwhelming for you. And maybe it's not your memory so because it belongs to one of your ancestors or something. So there isn't one. But you got the answer anyway, so go with it. That wonder pet story will lead you where you need to go to get that healing if you follow the trail. Same is true if you kind of zone out and get another story of another time and place. Um, you see something happen to someone, but it isn't you. So maybe it's your past life. I've had that happen too. Or a parallel life or some other dimension. You're connected to all the yous that have ever existed. You carry everything that's unresolved. You have all that unfinished business, and the more you lighten your load, the easier it is to see all the rest of the garbage that's in there. It's also a lot easier to breathe, move, choose, and be sovereign because you're not haunted by maladaptive programs. So when you heal energetically in this way, it removes the seed. And if there's no seed, there's no tree and there's no fruit. It might also remove it from your children if they want to release it. So let's talk about that. I've had um, clients who choose not to let go of things. We can get the energy down to a one or two, let's say, and there's just a tiny bit there, and they say they don't want to go any further. And you know what? That's up to you. You don't have to let go of anything. And the reason why we have maladaptive coping skills or the reason why we do everything is not just the maladaptive stuff. It's because it works. So if we exercise to stay fit and we like that outcome, we're going to keep exercising. If we drink because it makes us more sociable and fun to be around, we might keep drinking. If we know we spend too much, we make poor decisions, and we don't feel well afterwards because the reward outweighs the cost. But if this is you, my suggestion would be to look deeper. There's something underneath that has to be dealt with before it's safe, safe to let that thing go. So let's say that, uh, for example, we're releasing something like I'm not good enough. And this pattern has made you a slave to money. So you work like a fiend and always have so that you get awards and you can buy stuff and show the world that uh, you are good enough. And as painful as that is, as much as it takes you away um, from being able to enjoy your life, you don't want to let it go because uh, there's also a pattern of people leaving. So as long as you have a fear of being left, 
you want to hold on to that money in that drive so you have something to fall back on. Got it? So when people say that healing doesn't work for them, it's not that healing fails. It's the order of operation, in my experience. And safety has to come first. If it's not safe to heal, people won't heal. If they don't trust you, they're not going to heal. They don't trust themselves. So it's always going to come down to that earth energy. That's why when I'm doing a circle, up and in a circle, I always start with earth because I want that earth beneath my feet before anything. Same with you. Same with your clients. You're working with people. you got to give them a stable foundation. Because if they fall, you want to fall on something. You don't want to just be smiling through the air. Oh, there's an earth in the earth. You know? <laughs> so what does this feel like? It feels like hell. <laughs> because you feel all the angst and pain that was so horrible the first time that you pushed it down and pushed it away. Because you don't, there's no free lunch. You know what? When you feel these things, you got to feel them. But here's the thing. It only lasts seconds to moments. Emotions move. They flow. They fade. It's not like they hang around for weeks or months dragging you down, at least not usually. They're usually like a tornado. It's quick. Worst case scenario, it's like a hurricane. It can last longer, but it still does a real good job of cleaning stuff out. And, yeah, like both of those things, the clearing often leaves a lot of junk to clean up afterwards. So the healing isn't instantaneous. It's a process. It might happen in an instant, but then there's all this residual. Um, if I realize I've been carrying a get-away-from-me program, I might have to, a lot of apologies to make and a lot of relationships to pair, repair because hurt people hurt people, and we're all hurt sometimes in some ways. So it pays to have compassion with people because we all have our turns of being on both sides of that. So I highly recommend um, doing a regular perch. It can be monthly with a full moon seasonally, annually, or whenever things get overwhelming. We have a healing circle at Pan Society. You're welcome to join us there. Uh, since you work on a level of energy, working with a group is fantastic because what heals and one heals on everybody. So let's say there are five people working to keep it simple, and when one comes in with the goal of releasing I'm not worthy and all five have a different goal, anyone with I'm not worthy will benefit, even if that wasn't their intention. Cool, huh? And also efficient. So I like, I love repeal because you have so many people working and so many people moving energy and so many people healing. And it's just, it's just, there's synergy. There's synergy. It's, it's just big and juicy. So <laughs> I would say that the results are as good as a one-on-one. But with a one-on-one, it's individualized, of course, so you get exactly what you want. And if you have a sticking point, like, you know, you get down to one little bit and that little thread doesn't want to go, let go, you get to work on that. So, because it's just you. And if there's an underlying issue, you can move to that. So, it's just different. It's more precise and goal-driven versus random healing, but they're both good. And they're both really effective. I love doing this work. I feel like we're all in this life together. And if one person has a lighter load, we all benefit. Maybe that's one less drug addict, one less rape that has to happen, one less hungry person, one less suicide. Maybe it leads uh, to one more innovation, one more poem, one more happy person spreading love, conservation, and abundance on this planet. And if you do this work and you want to join our healing circle, we actually have two. So one is a give some, get some type of event where volunteers just give what they can to help others. So this is where one of the ways that our volunteers come in. 
And that's a beautiful event that we've done for about eight years, I think. And the other one is a group event that I lead. And they're both great. I hope to see you there. Or um, just get the work from someone you trust. It's an investment in future generations as well as yourself. But nobody needs any more mice shuddering when they smell cherries, you know? So let's sow some love and light. The last thing, and I know I'm preaching to the choir, is to think about what you do and say, especially around children. I, I mean, I can think of a million things that I've did that knowing this and thinking about it in this way, I'm just horrified. Oh, my God, I can't believe. You know, you're just joking around or you're just trying to keep things light, but you never know how it lands. You could be setting in motion the negative self-belief in someone else that haunts them for decades or even lifetimes. I know you're not responsible for how something lands. There's no way you can know that. People interpret things the way they interpret it, and there's no way to avoid every possible pitfall. But if you know that what you're going to say or do is hurtful, probably best not to do it. I always like to think about those unintended consequences, and being ugly can have way more impact than we know. So maybe a good practice to do is a forgiveness ritual for all the things that bothered you that day, every day, like a Ho'oponopono ritual. It helps you to clean as you go so you don't have to, a lot, a lot of baggage to take out when you do your purging rituals. And if you aren't familiar with Ho'oponopono, there's a video on our YouTube channel. Please check it out. All right. So if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. We have a blog and this podcast. We'd love your feedback and hearing from you. And if you want to learn more about anatomism, check out our online school at pansociety.org. I'd like to close by sending gratitude to the elements, our loving, helping ancestors. Um, and I thank you for joining us for this edition of Modern Animism Radio. Again, don't forget to donate. as We do need your financial and emotional support, and you can contribute at our website at www.pansociety.net. Thanks so much for tuning in. Get y'all hailing, guys. I'm Laura Giles for Pan Society Radio. See you next week.